Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. All right, so my name's John and we're in a Let There Be Light season of Branches. It's Advent, it's Christmas time. And for some of you, that's great news, and for some of you, it's painful, and for some of you, it's stressful, and for others of you, it's exciting. It's so many things, but this month, we're talking about the light in the darkness. Um, If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to John chapter 1. John is in the New Testament. John wrote his book a little bit later than the other guys. He was older, had more time to put it together. John chapter 1, it's towards the right. And basically, here's what I want to do this morning. I'm going to share with you some thoughts about light and how Jesus is the light. Just some brief thoughts, and then we're going to hear from some of our, our friends in the congregation here about how... Jesus has been light in the darkness of their life. Sound good? So some thoughts about light, and then we're going to hear some from some friends. So I want to read to you a passage of Scripture, and we'll talk a little bit about it. John 1.1, familiar passage to me. Uh, In the beginning was the Word, and when we say Word, we're talking about Jesus here. Because if you skip down and kind of cheat in verse 14, it says, The Word became became flesh and lived among us. Uh, or as Eugene Peterson says, uh, God moved into the neighborhood. So, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with, in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all the people. In the verse here, verse 5 The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. What has come into being in him was life, and that life was the light of all people. All people. So, would you agree that we're talking in metaphors here? Metaphors. Um, if I started singing songs about how this sort of like these fluorescent lights or these were the life that God is somehow in the bulb, would, it would, you would start to look at me strange, I would imagine, right? We're, we're going to just really bow down and worship to these bulbs because they are light and they are life. Um, so we're, we're, we're talking in metaphors, but you could also see here how for thousands of years people have worshipped light. Worshipped the sun. Whole tribes, nations have worshipped light. Why? Because that's where life comes from. Without that light, the sun, we would die. So we would say metaphorically, he is the light, right? Jesus is the light. He reveals everything to us just as light does. I think even uh, GE has a light bulb called Reveal, which I think is cool. Um, He reveals everything to us. He sustains us with his energy. He gives us life. That's what the sun also does. 
I, a friend of mine, Rob, uh, he has a fun way of talking about And he says this, he says, uh, he says, the sun, our sun, converts 4 million metric tons of gas into energy every second for the life of the universe, okay? The sun converts 4 million metric tons of itself into energy for the life of the world every second. Okay, the blood that's coursing through your veins, the molecules in that blood is heated by energy from the sun. Okay, the sun gives four million metric tons of gas every second for the life of the world. Okay, the sun gives itself for the life of the world. Okay, the sun never stops sacrificing itself for the life of the world. Isn't that beautiful, right? It's just like you see how we get these metaphors, right? So, you know, the S-U-N sun and the S-O-N sun gives its, I made the connection for you. The sun gives itself for the life of the world. Now, some other thoughts. In Revelation, also a book by my dear friend John here who wrote those last verses, John, uh, John had a revelation and he wrote down some things that he saw. And though this book is convoluted and crazy and weird sometimes, there's some beauty all throughout in it. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 22, he says, I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And then verse 23, and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp, and its lamp is the Lamb. Now, I'm always intrigued when people want to take the Bible very literally and seriously. We just, you know, we take the Bible very literally here, and so in the end, there will be a giant lamb lamp. No need for the sun, because we've got this lamb lamp, a lamb lamp. Um, Lamb, lamb lamp. Now, we're speaking in metaphors. The lamb is the lamp. The light is the, is the glory of God. And Boog shared last week, again, these are just thoughts on light in Jesus, and I love, I love these thoughts. Uh, Boog shared last week that light and dark cannot exist in the same space, okay? Light and dark cannot exist in the same space. And, and that's true. Uh, true darkness is the absence of light, okay? Darkness is not a substance, but light is, okay? Do we have any, uh, any astrophysicists in here? Any spectroscopists? Any light people? Light is, is a substance. It's particles, it's waves, it's radiation, it's, it's energy. It's, it's a substance. Darkness is the absence of that substance, okay? Now, that word light in the Greek that we read here that Jesus, that the word is the light, and the light, did, uh, the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. That uh, is a word from the, the Greek called phos. Phos. Let me hear you say phos. Phos. That's the Greek word for light. It's where we get phosphorescence. It's where we get photon torpedoes. It's where we get photo, photosynthesis. Okay, phos is light. Darkness is simply the absence of phos, the absence of light. That's our word for it. We have darkness. Darkness is not a substance. You can't hold darkness. You can't you can't wave your hand through it. There's, it's the absence of substance, okay? 
And, and what I mean by that, okay, so darkness, absence of light, that's our word for it. I was curious because I like to kind of nerd out on sciencey stuff about our world and how it's actually created and, and built. And, and I think this word uh, darkness, I don't know that it really exists, okay? And just follow me a little bit here. I, I was asking myself the question because I had heard somewhere that even in darkness there is light, okay? And so I see some of you nodding your heads like, uh-huh. There's these little things called neutrinos. These are subatomic particles. Um, they exist in something we would call dark matter. And let me just go on to tell you what we know of dark matter. <laughs> and that's what we know about dark matter. <laughs> now, neutrinos are these little light particles and they exist wherever that there may be energy, radiation, heat, any kind of matter or substance, okay? So I was asking the question, is there such a thing as true darkness? And I found this answer from Aaron Romanowski. He's a, he's a Harvard grad, Harvard-Smithsonian grad, astrophysicist. He's a professor. He says this, well, John, because <laughs> we hang out, well, John, I... If I define true darkness to be the total absence of light, then maybe what you're asking is, is there such a thing as true darkness? The answer is no. No, not in this universe. Our universe is flooded with radiation and light and matter and particles of all descriptions and energies pretty much anywhere you go. Then he goes on to deal with even the theory of a place that has no light. He says, okay, let's, let's go down that road. You create some kind of box, you know, that has no light in it. It doesn't matter. Even in the box, the box is made of matter, and that matter will give off energy, radiation, heat. And the person that's inside that box that's trying to observe the total darkness, they're giving off radiation, heat. There could be no sort of neutral observer. And so he says, well, what if we put that person in a black hole so that all of their energy was being sucked into the black hole and they were observing from the black And he said, nope, because the black hole gives off radiation too. So here's the deal. There is no place that is in total darkness. That's just science. And here's what, here's what the scripture says. The light came into the world and the darkness didn't overcome it. And that Jesus is that light. The sun gives itself for the life of the universe. The sun never stops sacrificing itself for the life of the universe. There's light everywhere. Now, our eyes can't see it. My eyes can't see it. But it's everywhere. In John chapter 8, verse 12, he says, Jesus is talking and he says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, is he really the light of the world? Or is that a metaphor? In Einstein's theory of relativity, we have the E equals MC squared, which who knows what that means? Anybody? Yeah. E, so, but in that equation, energy equals mass times the, square, the speed of light squared, right? What is the constant in that equation? Light. Light is the constant. Jesus also says this, Matthew 5, 
verse 14 and 16, you are the light of the world. But he just said that he was the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket. I don't put it under the bushel basket when I light my lamps. But he says that no one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father in heaven. So which is it? Who is the light? Is he the light or are you the light? And the answer is yes. See, we talk in these metaphors and the one with light is so good. It's so interesting. It's so deep. It keeps drawing us further in and that's what light does. We gather around light. In our tradition, we understand Jesus to be the light that comes into the darkness and the darkness did not overtake it. In our tradition, Jesus is the constant. In our tradition, we understand Jesus to be life. And in our tradition, we also get to become that for others. We become a light for others to gather around, that others are drawn to. When times are dark, metaphorically, our light shows God's glory. It becomes something other people gather around like lights in a room. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to hear some stories about the light in the darkness. And so the thing is, no matter how dark it gets, and you just remember this, no matter how dark it gets... Your eyes can't see it, but there is light there, okay? And we remember Jesus' words where he would say to his followers, oh, that you would have eyes to see. Or he says to, to Nicodemus, Jesus says this at night to Nicodemus, no one can see this kingdom that I'm talking about unless they're born all over again, metaphorically, right? Jesus is a powerful light. He is the constant that's what we're going to hear about this morning from two, uh, two of our brothers here. Uh, both these guys work with the La Casa Ministry in San Juan, a beautiful ministry, um, working with just a group of people that need to be loved and need to be learned from. And, and so when I was kind of hearing about what they were doing, they're learning and they're loving, and I love those two things. Those are what disciples do. People that follow Jesus are constantly learning and constantly loving. And uh, so I'm excited to turn it over to them. And so would you welcome with me, uh, Zach DeVos is going to share first. So this is Zach. So let's give him a hand. Do you want to sit up here? Do you want to sit here or do you want to stand? What do you want to do? Okay, great. Yep, that's you. And go ahead and just right here. There you go. Hello. Hey. Um, hi, so my name's Zach, and my, my kind of glory story, I guess, about um, light in the darkness um, kind of surrounds itself around this idea that God isn't the light at the end of the tunnel, and that I see him as the light that is inside of the tunnel, that he is the light that is inside the darkness. He's light that's been inside of my darkness in my life um, throughout, throughout the years that I've been walking with him, and so... Um, I just encourage you guys just think about this idea that God isn't this foreign concept that's 
that's so far away that that's, might be achievable um, at the end of the tunnel, but that he is the light inside of the tunnel. He's the light that paves your path. Um, and there are other lights that Esh talked about that are there with you to support you and encourage you. And so um, my, I, my testimony, I, I grew up in a Christian home, go to church, all that jazz. And throughout high school, just uh, struggled with fulfilling desires in my flesh, um, being sexually promiscuous, um, struggling with pornography, struggling with things that um, every guy in here struggles with. And um, those things just got a hold of me, and those things um, just wrapped their arms around me and tugged me into this tunnel, this darkness. Um, and so throughout these years, um, I always thought that I was dead, you know, and, and I was dead. I was dead in my sin. I was dead in this darkness that was engulfing me. And there was no hope. There was no hope until I found Jesus, until I saw that there was this path in front of me that was paving its way to the light, to the paradise that is, that is heaven, that is sitting next to God in heaven. And it wasn't until then that I, that I figured out that, that there's light, that there's light in this darkness, and that it's not just something that my eyes had adjusted to, and there's, it's not just something that seems like it's okay, like the world tells you this is okay, this is okay to pursue, it's all right to do this. Um, and so throughout my life, I, I saw that, and I started to figure that out through the stories of other people, through seeing the light of other people in my life, of being discipled to, being mentored, walking with people, being, fellow, being in fellowship and community with others. And <clears throat> this light that I saw came from understanding the darkness of other people, and it came from understanding their story. And so I, I believe that that there's so much power in stories and that Jesus was a storyteller. You know, he tells all these parables and, and that's what he did. And so why, why don't we do that? Why don't we pursue what Jesus pursued and become a storyteller like he did? So as, um, as I've gone throughout my college career, um, I've been praying for just to have that light, to have somebody to, to be a light to me that exposes the darkness in me and somebody that I can expose light to. And um, I've been praying for that, yearning for that for the longest time. And um, early this semester, um, God put this guy in my life, um, one of my really good friends, Abdul. Um, and he's Muslim, came from Saudi Arabia. Um, he's going to school with me at Concordia University. And one night we just sat down and we just started talking about Jesus, talking about God. And um, this conversation turned into just understanding the beauty of God and who, who God is to us and what, what, the, what the beauty of him looks like. And so him being Muslim, having um, this God of Allah, this God of, of Islam, and me having my God of, of Christ. And although they're, they're two completely different gods, I believe in that, um, there's, there's different things that separate us from each other and separate our gods from each other. But I get, just got to share the, the hope and the, just the light of Christ um, that I have with my God and the forgiveness that he um, just bestows on all of us. And it was just really, it was a beautiful thing just to see us both talking about the same thing, just talking about the beauty of what God is and who he is and the light that he's been in our life. And so I, I was just able to see his darkness. So I was, we were able to share in our sins and things that, that, that we're not proud of, but we're able to understand that there's hope and that there's just hope in this darkness and that, that that hope is at the end of the tunnel. But we have others like my buddy Abdul and others that walk with us and push us through this light and that help us see this path that is Christ, that is, that is Jesus as this path that is going to this paradise, to the hope that, that we all need and that we all yearn for. And so, um, I, again, I, I, just, I just believe that, 
that the power of those stories of getting to know others is what has been the light in my life. Um, there hasn't been a specific event that just wrecked me, that um, just took me on a roller coaster, but it's been throughout my life that I've seen others, my brothers, <laughs> brothers that I go to school with, um, people that I, I look up to as mentors, um, just seeing them as the light that engulfs me and that's around me and that is pushing me through this tunnel. Um, and, and just being, this, being aware that there is hope and that there is hope that even though I know I'm in darkness and I know that I'm in this tunnel and I'm walking through this, I know that the hope is outside of the tunnel and that sometimes the, the darkness is just blocking the light like this tunnel is. And I know that there's hope that there's Jesus around me and he's always around me. He's surrounding me. And he is outside of that tunnel. He's that sun that is shining down its light onto, onto me, but I just can't see it right now. You know, and I, I see the light in other people, and I see, and I see how they push me and encourage me, um, and expose the light inside of me, and and you know, like make my light flicker and make make my light just be vibrant for Christ. And so, the power of stories and the power of getting to know other people's stories, I think, is so imperative to our faith and to imperative to how we see darkness and how we how we just emit that light to others. And so, that and that story that we have as Christians is awesome because it shares one story of Jesus Christ. It shares a story of who he is, who he is for us. And when those things intertwine and those stories all share a story, they, they, they push to Jesus' story. They look to Jesus' story. And when those stories intertwine, um, that's fellowship. And that's what, that's what I think that we, we are called to do and that um, that's how the light is exposed in our lives, in other people's lives, and how we expose the light into the darkness. Zach, thanks so much. <clears throat> hey, Zach, will you, will you hang out up here with us? Excellent. I got you a chair. Thank you, sir. This is Aaron Pulse, by the way. Sorry, I didn't introduce him. Aaron also uh, works with La Casa and excited to hear from him. Don't time yourself. Come on. This is the first time I've done this. This is an experiment. All right. Well, also you need to hear. You need. There we go. All right. Here we go. Here we go. I'm just gonna. There we go. All right. Here we go. Boom. Now we're starting. Uh, So I'm just gonna read uh, John chapter eight, verse twelve, one more time. Uh, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, "I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness." but we'll have the light of life. Um, so I, I grew up a uh, pastor's kid, and my story about light sh- shining in the darkness is kind of rare and uh, kind of unique because I grew up in that interesting situation. Uh, for those of you who have that uh, stereotype of pastor's kids as being, as being rebellious or boisterous or sinful, you know, that was definitely me. Um, and in, in reflecting on it, I think that... <coughs> that was the case because I grew up with such a churchy environment around me all the time. You know, there was church every Sunday that we never missed. There was midweek services. There was preparation for service always going on in my house. There was always devotion, always prayer. And so I was raised in that light. But, you know, I think when we always have something and we've never not gone without it, we kind of take it for granted. And so I definitely 
didn't personally have that. And so when I got around uh, my, my friends in public school who didn't share my same values, um, I definitely realized that I was ignorant to the light. And um, lots of my actions um, were kind of in a line with their actions, you know, which, were, <coughs> which was pleasure-seeking, you know. Uh, I think that lots of society is just focused on instant gratification, you know, gratification of the flesh. Uh, you know, if, if you don't think that's true, go, go watch like, How I Met Your Mother, you know, or, or an R-rated movie, you know. It's, it's, it's out there, and society says that that's good, you know, that's, that's great, you know. Um, and so I, I fell into that. And just to offer you guys a little bit of detail on how twisted my brain really was growing up, um, you know, there, there were times when I was a teenager in high school where I'd lie to my parents every day to go out and smoke weed with my friends. And I definitely had a porn addiction big time. And actually there was one time, or a few times in my early teens, when I would actually leave the church service because I was so anxious and I would go masturbate in the bathroom of church. Just gnarly stuff. And I'm grateful that um, my family did have that light and they, they supported me through that and I was still blessed and privileged in the midst of my own darkness and confusion to have a support system um, that didn't let me be totally derailed, you know, like Esh and Zach were saying, that association of people is so important, and um, we often see light in others, even though Christ is our true light. Um, and so I definitely had a collision between my confused darkness and light, and realized for the first time that, you know, light and darkness cannot occupy the same place long term. When some of my bad habits came to the surface with my family, and, you know, I, I was punished for that. And, you know, I, I went to college and got around Christian friends, and that helped me uh, realize the consequences of my decisions a little bit better. Um, and I just realized that, you know, throughout my life, whether I was going through a little bit more darkness and confusion or uh, more influenced by the light of the Lord, it was lots of time because of who I was hanging out with, who I was associating with. And when I grew up, you know... I may have been around lots of Christians, but I didn't have the most important influence, which is the Word. You know, I wasn't in the Word. I didn't have a personal devotional life. I didn't have a strong prayer life. You know, the Lord gives us these ways to access Him, but without that personal relationship, I, I didn't really have His association, most importantly. Um, and I think, really, a big turning point for me was going on the Around the World semester in college, which is 10 different countries over five months filled with service, learning, and missions, and um, I just saw Christians throughout the world who had insane catastrophes happen in their lives and who had a fraction of what I had been blessed with materially, but they just had this simple happiness solely in Christ. And I saw that light, and it was like the Lord would just put, put these people in my life just to offer like one sentence to me. And it was like he was picking up the broken darkness of my life and just um, piecing together this beautiful lens, this beautiful puzzle with which I could see the light, see him. And I was surrounded by an awesome association of people. We were always in prayer with one another, always just in faith with one another. And so I, I saw that light. But then I came back to college after that and, you know, started getting back into my bad, bad habits, hanging out with my old friends, not around people. Because we see light in Christ, but he also allows us to see light in others so often. And... Um, and then I felt the Lord calling me out of that, and then the opportunity to get around guys like Josh Geisinger and Zach DeVos and BT and Rex 
and the entire branches community, the awesome mentors that are here, and people in the neighborhood, and Boog, and Esh, and just take that association, that community of spirituality to the next level. That was awesome. And it's such a blessing to have these people speak into your life. Um, one of the things that um, Esh said to me this, this upcoming week, um, there's just one sentence that he learned from his friend. It's a question that his friend likes to ask. And the question is, if I laid everything bare, would people still love me? And I think that, that, that impacts me so much because we are laid bare before God right now. And we will be laid bare before him when we give an account of our actions. He still loves us, no matter what. What difference does it make whether people love us or not based on us laying ourselves bare because God in heaven loves us? And that's where the true light and the true life comes from, that we have hope in Christ who forgives anything in our past with his saving blood. It doesn't matter where we come from because we know where we're going in our relationship with him as the guiding light, and we know where we're going to be with him in paradise one day. It doesn't matter where we come from. Um, and so that's why that, that quote hit me so hard. It's just like, man, who cares? God, God doesn't judge us. He still loves us. We are laid bare before him. And look what his response is. Love. Um, and, you know, it's not, like, um, it's not like all of a sudden Christ came into my life and I had a relationship with him and I'm suddenly a saint, you know. It's like, oh, there was darkness, it was night, now it's day. You know, our, our relationship with one another, our relationship with the Lord, it's a process. You know, there's, there's still relapse. We, you know, we live, in, we live in a fallen world. Our flesh is, is fallen, you know. And one, another thing that Esh said to me that was really impactful was that darkness is a liar. You know, it doesn't show you long-term consequences of a decision, you know, but the light illuminates and shows exactly where the path is headed. And uh, looking back, I think kind of how I've broken down darker decision-making periods in my life versus more times when I saw the light um, and making decisions based on that was, you know, when I, when I was giving in to these things, doing these bad habits, it was just short-term decision-making, instant gratification, not seeing more than a week or two into the future. You know, and just making those decisions based on instant gratification. Whereas decisions that we make in the light, which are grounded in the fact that we have a clean conscience towards God because of what Christ did, um, those are decisions to benefit others. Those are long-term decisions where we have the vision to our future in front of us because the light is illuminating the path before us. You know, the Lord is a light to our feet and a lamp unto our path. And as we continue to be molded by him, we can see that vision, that long-term plan he has for us and make a decision based on that. And that's kind of um, just how I've reflected on my journey, you know, from darkness into light is just seeing how powerful um, association is, you know. No matter how much of a leader we claim to be, we are still impacted big time by those around us. You know, most importantly, the strongest influencing power being the word of Christ, the Holy Spirit, you know, and prayer. Um, you know, show me, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You know, it's kind of how it goes. Um, and the last thing I kind of want to hit on is, uh, is failure because I've, I've recently learned to really like failure, which sounds kind of weird because, uh, you know, in school we're taught that failure is bad, but I think that, that failure is awesome because it's a great way to learn from our own mistakes and to learn from the mistakes of others. You know, and so if, if I can share 
my failures in the past, and even one person here can benefit a little bit from that or can connect with that and sympathize with that, that, that makes that failure a good thing, you know? And um, it's just great to know that, it, you know, it's not up to us. You know, it's not up to our behavior. It's not even up to what Christ is doing in our lives or what he's teaching us or not because it's already been done. The ultimate gift has already been accomplished. That light will never be conquered by the darkness. The light will prevail. We have that light no matter what. And it's not based on us or our behavior or our action. It's based on him, Christ. And um, it's just so hopeful. And when we know that, um, that then our decisions become grounded in that and we can move forward. Um, when I was sharing with my mom this week about what I was going to say, you know, just talking about how, you know, we're talking about light shining in the darkness. Um, she said, well, are you going to start with your baptism? And that kind of hit me. It's, it's like, yeah, I was baptized as an infant before I did all that stupid stuff. But it's, it's true. That's when he welcomed me into his family. That's when he washed all the sins from my body and gave me a pledge of a good conscience towards God. And it wasn't anything that I did. It was totally something that God did for me by welcoming me into his family with that gift of baptism through simple means of water. And um, I just want to share... One last thing, it's, it's an article, or an excerpt from an article that I read this week, written by a professor uh, named Dr. Rod Rosenblatt. He, um, he wrote an article called, The Gospel for Those Broken by the Church. And so it goes. What the sad alumni need to hear, and he calls them alumni because they're no longer in the church, because they've been broken by the church, therefore they're alumni. Uh, what the sad alumni need to hear perhaps for the first time, is that Christian failures are going to walk into heaven, leap into heaven, be welcomed into heaven, and leap into heaven like a calf leaping out of its stall, laughing and laughing as if it's all too good to be true. It isn't just that we failures will get in. It's that we will probably get in like that. We failures in living the Christian life as described in the Bible will probably say something like, you mean it was that simple? Just Christ's cross and blood? Just his righteousness imputed on my account as if it was mine? you got to be kidding. And all of heaven is ours just because of what was done by Jesus outside of me on the cross? And not because of what Christ did in me? In my heart? In my Christian living? In my behavior? Well, I'll be damned. But of course, that's the point, isn't it? As a believer in Jesus as your substitute, you won't be damned. No believer in Jesus will be. Not a single one. Thank you. All right. All right. Aaron, I'm going to have you sit right here. Zach, I'll have you sit next to him. Uh, I love that you brought up that quote. My friend Pete says that, if I lay myself bare, will they still love me? He's opened every door and window of his life for everybody to hear, and people still love him. Uh, doing something a little different today. If you know uh, Aaron or Zach and would like to come pray for them, I'll pray, but would you come and surround them? Or if you are just moved by their story, would you come 
and just be with them, lay your hand on them. We're going to pray for these guys. What courage it takes to lay yourself bare to a community. Uh, hey, if the whole church comes up, that's great. That's great. That's a great sign. Well, I'm going to pray for these guys, and, and would you pray with me? Because uh, we need more of this. We need more light. This is how healing happens, my friends. When you bring light into those dark places of your life, it can be healed. That's what it says. Confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed and whole. And that's what we want for each of you in here, for ourselves. We want to be healed. We want to be whole. And it takes courage to do what these young men did this morning. So let's pray for them and with them. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for their stories of light to darkness and Lord, we know that it's not always that simple. It's not always turning on the light in the room and, and everything is revealed forever. But Lord, it is a process and, and these guys are in it and they are committed to you in it. And we're grateful for their story. We're moved by it. We identify with it. We know what it's like to live in darkness, Lord. And, and we too uh, want to be a light to others and to experience that light in our own lives. So would you bless Aaron and Zach, as they continue on this journey, on this path, to know more of you, to know more of the light, and to, uh, Lord, to shine light in those dark places in their lives for healing, and uh, that they might begin to go and do that for others. We love you. We commit them to you in Jesus' name. Amen.